Welcome to Words and Ways, a mini podcast from Young Life, where our goal is to get to know and become more like Jesus each day. One of the best ways to do this is to spend time in God's Word. But sometimes, the stories in the Bible get so familiar that we might stop expecting to see and learn new things. So join us each week as we dive into Scripture, believing that there's always more to see, always more to learn, and always more to experience. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 24. Jesus told the people this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed up all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, A great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am, dying of hunger, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for the son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Once upon a time, my oldest son ran away from home. Now, he was only two at the time, so it wasn't so much running away from home as it was sneaking outside without permission or a parent, which might have felt like running away from home to him. When I first couldn't find him, I didn't think much of it. I just started looking in all the obvious places, under every bed, in every closet, behind every curtain. And when I didn't find him, I didn't feel sad like the father might have in this story that Jesus told. Instead, I full-blown panicked because he was only two. I finally spotted the missing child through the kitchen window. He was outside, where he'd been drawn to large puddles that dotted our dirt and gravel driveway after a night of hard rain. They beckoned him. They tempted him. They enticed him. And he answered the call. So there he was, face down, in a two-inch-deep mud puddle, arms stretched forward, either perfecting his front float or his Superman pose. What's a person to do when irritation, I mean, his clothes were filthy, converges with impatience, we were now very late for an appointment, converges with laughter. He looked so serious about his puddle posing. Well, that person takes some photos, 
and then marches out the kitchen door, taps the runaway child on the shoulder, disrupting his muddy adventure, picks him up, which smears herself with all the muddy slime, and marches into the bathroom to strip him naked and wash him clean because he is only two and can't do it himself. In Jesus' story, when the father watched his younger son march off down the road, not independently so much as defiantly, I imagine that he had converging emotions like I'd had. Grief, for sure. And maybe some confusion. Where did I go wrong? And possibly even some anger. After all I've done, how could he be so thoughtless and selfish? But the father in this story didn't chase after his son, didn't plead with him to come back, and didn't pluck him up like I did mine and haul him back into the house for some good cleaning and correction. Instead, he let him go, because the son was old enough to know his own mind, even if he wasn't mature enough to know much else. Defiance and selfishness have long beckoned to us humans under the guise of freedom and self-fulfillment. Surely we all deserve to live our own lives, to make our own decisions, to chart our own paths, seek our own adventures, and determine our own destinies. Those are claimed as God-given rights, even by those who claim that this is a godless universe. When the son in this story finally realized that he'd traded in a good and loving father, a secure home, and a meaningful life for nothing more than a stale and shallow mud puddle existence, he did the wisest thing he possibly could. He was truthful with himself. He admitted his foolishness, and he decided that if there was any way to recover not what he'd lost, but what he'd rejected, well, then he would do it. And his self-centeredness gave way to humility. His self-constructed narrative gave way to truth. And out there, in the middle of a faraway, desolate pig field, he repented of his sins, and he turned toward his father, which were the two things that Jesus repeatedly said were the pathway to forgiveness and new life. When that boy returned home, he was for sure way more muddy and filthy and smelly and disgusting than my two-year-old had been after just a few minutes of lying in a mud puddle, because that boy had been in pig fields for weeks, literally wallowing in mud far from shelter, food, and a bathhouse. Now, if you'd been that dad, how would you have responded when your defiant and runaway child came walking towards you on the same road that he'd first walked away on? Would it be all joy for you? Or would there be some anger mixed in because of the disrespect you'd been shown? Any bitterness because of the way you'd been so casually cast aside? or any worry because of how his return might make you look? Jesus never specifically said or even showed how the father felt when his son first left. But he was very clear about how the father felt when his son finally returned. The father ran to him. And just imagine how his legs must have flown after all of that waiting. The father embraced him. And just imagine how his own clothes must have looked and felt and smelled after that embrace. And the father cleaned him 
not just in fresh things, but in the best things. And just imagine how his son must have looked and felt after that. And I think that maybe the father also whispered in his son's ear, Welcome home. I've been waiting for you. At some point, we are all the runaway son in this story, wanting to live our own lives, make our own decisions, chart our own paths, seek our own adventures, and determine our own destinies. And at some point, after admitting that we are just wallowing in the stinky mud of selfishness, we may be returned home and were embraced by Jesus while his arms were stretched on the cross so that all of the mud and filth and stench of our sin was smeared all over him. And then the Father above, just like the earthly father in this story, cleaned us and clothed us and called us his own, because that is who and what we are. We should never think that we've fully outgrown the allure of this world's mud puddles. They will beckon us until our final days. So we must never forget who we really are and where home really is and who it is that really loves us and calls us his beloved sons and daughters. Why would anyone ever run away from that? Thanks for joining us in the words and ways of Jesus. Check out the program notes for written scripts, discussion questions, and additional resources. Our hope is that the words and ways of Jesus transform your mind, fill your heart, and encourage your soul today and every day.